Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome listeners to episode 14 of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. Isn't it fun? We've got this far, Joe. I can't believe it. It's it's just been such an exciting um, roller coaster. We've had some amazing guests and such great fun, Shelley. Yeah, great fun. And we've got lots of more guests, lots of more guests. We have lots more guests lined up for you and uh, it's going to be cracking. And as you know, we record our interviews in blocks um, because we're all about saving time, not just for our clients, but for ourselves as well. So we block out the time where we're able to do our recordings uh, and then we top and tail them nearer the time that they're going to go out so that's just a bit of an insight into what we do in the background because once we've top and tailed the episode it then gets edited um you know we we get rid of anything that at the beginning sometimes we're chatting we don't realize the record button's on uh, we've done that a few times so that's got to be uh, that's got to be edited out so there's quite a lot of work goes into it but it is fun and uh, and we are enjoying it and um i mean outside of the podcast um we've both been working away on on different things joe's actually been doing some work for me um she's been doing some active campaign work for me which has been brilliant taking the load off my shoulders and um being one of those things that i believe strongly in outsourcing i'm a trainer i want people to outsource their training to me uh, and i believe in outsourcing but i also believe and i'm going to ask you to jump in on this in a minute joe um that when you outsource you really need to know what it is. You need to know how to do whatever it yes. is that you're outsourcing. Um, because I need to know what outcome I want and how can I know what, whether the outcome I get is the right outcome if yeah. I don't know how to do it. So what are your thoughts on that? Because you get stuff outsourced to you all the time. Um, how important is it that your client knows what they're outsourcing to you, how to do it it's, themselves? It, it's really very, very important because if you have a client, it, it depends on the brief. So for example, if you get a brief where the client is asking you to research, find answers because they don't know, then you go away and then you talk about it with the client. If it's an established piece of work, it is important that your client does know how it's done, what is the outcome that should be achieved, because they can't give you very clear direction if they don't. Now, my experience is that I frequently work with clients who've had a go, or they've dabbled, or they have learned how to build something for themselves, but they've realized they don't like it. It's not their area of expertise. They want to coach, they want to train, they want to do what they do. Um, and they don't want to run a, um, an email marketing campaign or they don't want to upload a blog to their website or, or whatever else it is. Um, and, and that way, you know, they know what they're doing and they can step in when you go on holiday or they can find somebody else or do whatever. But also 
they can then still retain control. And it's very important for the person outsourcing to retain the control of their business effectively. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so it was great to be able to outsource those things that I didn't enjoy doing. Um, not because I couldn't do it, but because it was time consuming. It took me longer than it would take you because it's something you do all the time. Whereas yeah. for me, it's something I dip in and out of when I need to. But I do need to know how to do it in exactly. order uh, to do that. And that way I know that what I'm getting back is exactly what I asked for. So yeah. I think that was, uh, that was a nice little opening chat. Today, we have got the wonderful Carrie Eddins with us. Carrie is a PR specialist. She's the Blondepreneur. And uh, in our episode, she'll tell us all about how that came about. And uh, it's a fascinating episode. And I think we should just queue it up for the listeners. What do you think, Joe? Yes, brilliant. Um, great, great uh, contact and such a great, fun podcast episode. So we'll see you after the interview with Carrie. Welcome to this week's guest, Carrie Eddins. And it's a pleasure to have you, Carrie, on Virtually Amazing, the podcast. And you are known as the Blondepreneur. So for our listeners, Carrie does PR. And she's blonde. And she's called the Blondepreneur. And the first thing I think we'd like to find out is, how did you become the Blondepreneur and get into this PR malarkey in the first place? Oh, well, I'm, first of all, I'm, ladies, I'm really honoured to be here. I'm really grateful to be asked. I'm really, really thrilled. So thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity. And um, the, the Blondepreneur, it didn't, I didn't start off in business calling myself that. I've had various different evolutions. But, um, oh, it's a, a good, over 10 years ago now, I was, I was an early adopter of Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I was going to some local networking meetings in um, Worcestershire and I'd literally um, been up all night, like literally tweeting. <laughs> I was like, cause like, and we were, it's one of those early, very masculine, traditional business networking groups. Yeah. I know work for a lot of people and I was just, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was like the blonde leading the blonde going to these group meetings. And I remember we were going around and this, um, and somebody, you know, when you, you have this 30 second thing and I was, I was literally, my eyes were like this. I was like, oh, you know, and this guy goes, so what do you do? And I was just like, oh, I don't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm the Blondepreneur and um, no question too blonde or something like that came out. I was like, well, I'm blonde and I'm entrepreneurial. That's all I can remember right, right now because I'm, I've been up all night tweeting and they're all just silence. That's all. And, <laughs> and then I was just like, after like, where did that come from? And then. I suddenly realized that was a really good brand name and it was a really good because it just described me you know it's kind of um because of my dyslexia sometimes you know especially if I'm really stressed really excited or a bit nervous I can literally forget my short-term memory is like the fish of finding like finding Nemo I'm like uh and I remember like just people just thinking oh that's not very professional or you know oh you're you know you're a bit you're a bit stupid or there was all these kind of and so I just thought you know what I'm going to own it so after that conversation I decided to own my so-called perceived weakness <laughs> in blonde um and um the blondepreneur was born and it's kind of like it's funny because the people who are super serious who are just only taking things at face value. They don't, they're not attracted to me, you know. Yeah. It's to the, the people who really get the fun-loving, creative, intuitive, emotionally connected side, they get it, you know, the playful side. So it's, it's really, it's, um, 
it's it's really brilliant and also it helps me relax and when I'm relaxed yeah. I bring my best self so it's yeah. Very random story, but it's like that's yeah, it's brilliant. I think sometimes that's what happens, isn't it? Your niche is given to you. We think it's one thing, yeah, and then over time yeah. it kind of finds us, and and we we find out. I mean, I didn't start out working with VAs, uh, but eventually I realised that many, many, many of the events I was asked to speak at were for VAs and PAs. So, kind of my niche found me. So, so that's what happened. But Joe, I think you have got the first question for Carrie, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will think of um, PR as something only for celebs, Carrie. So just tell us a little bit more about it. What is it? Is it really just for celebs falling out of nightclubs? Well, I mean, it is, it is for celebs falling out of nightclubs, obviously, and um, the royal family and the government and everything. <laughs> but it is... I mean, I, I, we, there's so many definitions of, of PR, but for me, my own personal definition is PR is part storytelling and it's part opinion sharing. Yeah. So um, storytelling used to happen a lot and it obviously still happens. It's still very story led. But with the advent of the internet, it's become much more opinion sharing. Mm. Um, so it's much more interactive now. It used to be just like ring up the, you know, the press department, ring up the media, send them a letter, take them out for dinner. Some of that is coming back, interestingly, obviously not quite yet in these socially distanced times. But the old school stuff is coming back. But now you can literally tweet. I mean, I've yeah. got clients like, you know, my client, Annabelle Kay. I know, Shelley, you know her. And I'm, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I've, got, I've got Annabelle books on the BBC just from tweets from her quotes. So um, that took seconds. So it's kind of, yeah, sharing opinions a lot more now. And people's experiences, not just in their business, but who they are as people. Yeah. So it's expanded much more. It's much, much more holistic. And actually... Even though it is competitive, it is much more accessible. There's kind of that paradigm, like there is with all social media, really. So it's, it is much more social. There is like a social PR element to it, but it, um, in the way that you build relationships with them, but it's still different to social media and that you don't control the content, the timing, the agenda, when it happens, which is why it's held with such high esteem and high regard, really, because you've got to sort of let go of control and go, oh, I've got to surrender and hand it over. And that's why people, when you're in the media, they, they think that you're, you know, more of an expert, better than, better than who you are at what you do. And you're more attracted to other people because you've really uh, taken the courageous steps to be in the media. Because it's not for the faint-hearted. I wouldn't, you wouldn't say what's, that. What's the best way for a VA to access PR then? Uh, I mean, not every VA is going to be wanting to go on the BBC. So what could a VA do to maximise, um, you know, PR for their business? Well, first of all, they need to have a Twitter account. If they're going to do it, there's, that's non-negotiable in my mind anyway. I'm very Twitter-based and Twitter-led because literally now, this is the biggest difference as well, is that media, sec sorry, the stories in the media literally break second by second. Mm. And not just news stories like sports stories, entertainment, everything happens on Twitter first in microseconds. So they need to have a Twitter account. Um, then they need to be um, just tweeting quite regularly it's like with anything consistency yeah. pays so they could be commenting even if it's you know every day on trends like you know like motivation monday tuesday's thoughts wednesday's wisdom they started to do that 
they would start to increase their following, increase their engagement, and then start to talk about, you know, more political trends or more, um, you know, that even talking about their dogs can bring in clients because people love other people who love dogs, you know, and yeah. um, just start to comment on the trends would be how I would start to do it. Then start to consider, because obviously there's yeah. a trade aspect, then there's the local, regional, national, international aspect. I'd start to think about where their ideal clients hang out. It's not where they want to be, which is the biggest mistake people make. So where do their ideal clients hang out? Is it in the training zone? Is it reading Red Magazine? You know, And then start to follow these accounts on Twitter and start to build a relationship with these people. That's how I would start. Ooh, great advice. Yeah. Great advice. Are we going to be seeing more of you on Twitter, Joe? I, I am a Twitter lover. Um, Jen, I find it, it's probably, of all the platforms, my favourite platform. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it is very much as Carrie says, it, everything changes in a second. It's so fast moving. Um, you know, and over, over a period of time, I've had some quite interesting you know, people follow me, comment, and, and that sort of thing, um, you know, and it, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I love that platform. Yeah, I've, I've been on Twitter since 2007, and um, I won um, a personal Twitter training session with um, Mark, I can't remember his surname now, that's very embarrassing. Um, I think I was one of the first, I, I don't know, I was very, very, very early adopter of Twitter. And um, lately I've neglected it somewhat. I, I'm not on as much as I was, um, but I've had clients through Twitter. Definitely, mm. definitely yeah. led to, because people see what you're talking about, don't they? I mean, they think it's like anything, but it's not marketing, is it, is, is, is it Carrie? It's different to marketing. Well, <laughs> It is, it is part marketing and it's part, it's part, it, it's both really. It's kind of in the middle, isn't it? It's social, because part of it is like social observation, social listening, being sociable. I mean, the thing that, that's really good about Twitter that people don't really get is it, it, it gets in, the tweets get indexed by Google. So if you're commenting on about something, especially something relevant to your industry or, you know, um, you know, talking about lockdown, it's like it, it demonstrates that you're relevant, you're up to date. Yes. Because yeah. it's the biggest thing, people, and it's like a micro blogging site, obviously. So people can look at a VA or a website and go, oh, but then they can look at your Twitter feed and go, oh, they're really up to date. I don't want somebody who looks like they're stuck, even a last, even at the start of the year, it's classified as out, out of date now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. pre lockdown, yeah. you know, if you, if you, everything on your site looks like you're pre lockdown, it looks like you've been you know, are you still here? Do you know, it looks really dated. Yeah. So yeah. the thing with Twitter, it does make you look really relevant. In terms of marketing, it is, it is marketing, isn't it? Because it's raising awareness of yeah. who you are. Um, and just the PR aspect really is, is it, it's just a relationship build, the slowly, slowly relationship building with the media. Um, I regularly do something with my clients, such as Annabelle, um, such as getting them to comment on a breaking news story or a story. It could even happen like two weeks ago in your, that's really directly relevant to your niche. So with VAs, it could be like, you know, I appreciate this going back a bit. Like, how are you coping with more? Are you zoomed out yet? For example, a lot of them would feel that. So they could find a news story talking about, you know, are you zoomed out or 
how, how are you um, how are you dealing with the family whilst you're zooming work-life balance issues um, zoom maker are you wearing your gym jams below there's all kinds of conversations like that going on so if they found an article about that even now would still be relevant um, yeah. they could get the article put, put it underneath and then write their write a little short quote you've got 280 characters you really need to do it in about 100 because then you want the hashtags you want two or three yeah. hashtags at the most and then why you need more characters you could tag a few of your ideal places that you want to feature in and just tag them and that's that's sort of called newsjacking well it is called newsjacking like 101 in the 21st century and that will just even if it doesn't get you in the publication, you'll be they'll ping upon your that you will ping upon their phone, and they will start to go, oh, oh shit, that's quite an interesting point, Shelley. Or oh, I like what Joe said about that. Not really thought of that. And you, that's how you start to. That's a quite in your face, needing a bit more courage and big knickers approach. But it's really effective because the journalists like it, especially if it's an original thought that you put there, and it's not plastered on a blog post or anything. It's quite an effective way. When you say tag a publication yeah. um, or a community, how do you do that? Is that a hashtag or is it an at mention? No, it's literally an at mention. An at mention. So it's finding yeah. their account and mentioning their account. So if I wanted you to pick something up, I'd put, I'd put I'd tag me. at Blondepreneur. In yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I've done this for load, loads of my clients and it's really effective because it's just that, you're offering them something new sometimes you're giving them unique ideas for a follow-up piece with it you mm. know um because they're all you, people underestimate how thirsty and hungry um the media are for new ideas new concepts how to build one story on from another because they're always under pressure for what's next what's next and they mm. always need fresh blood they can't have the same person talking about the same issue week in week out they have to have somebody new and for things like particularly radio shows they have a lot of airtime to fill so that's if I was a VA right now and I was starting out doing PR or I wanted to build on it, I would go for the radio first just because they've got so much more space and time and pressure on them to um, get new people in new experts that's really interesting i wouldn't have thought of that would you joe no no i certainly wouldn't have thought it, it um the traditional things that i've sort of been to a pr workshop was um writing a press release and trying to find um your local paper or whatever to run it but my experience locally is we don't have a local newspaper anymore you know um everything's online and you've got no guarantee when you email it in that it's then going to be picked up in this bucket of um articles at or whatever the email address is um and then get featured so yeah radio sounds really really good radio is the easiest way i, I would say i mean with local press releases and stuff that's where the twitter thing comes in again you know because my, my friend um, Tristan, who is the editor of the local paper to me, I actually decided to do a, an, an, a mad moment, but it was really good. I did a week's work experience with him in Redditch, local to me in Worcestershire. And we, I spent a week with him, learning with him as journalist. So I was like, it was really, it took me back, obviously a long time since when I did a work experience at school. But I really got to sort of understand how it works from their side. And they were saying things like, 
you know, when people just ring, send this out of the blue, oh, this is really urgent press release. They always go to the people who've got a relationship with first. I mean, I saw it, you know, I literally, you know, it was like, oh, it's Dave again. Oh, we've got to get put Dave in the paper because just to keep him quiet. And oh, it's Carrie. Oh, we'll give her a little yeah. mention. But yeah. all the strangers went to the bottom of the pile because he just said, even he just sort of quotes me back to them. He feels like they're lunch. He doesn't, he feels like that somebody's trying to take something. It's the yeah. same thing with, people forget the media are human. It's like yeah. no, no like and trust. It's like yeah. you support them, they support you. So with Twitter, even if you followed your no local newspaper or local BBC radio or whatever it is, you can retweet them, comment. You don't even need to comment to start with. Just start retweeting, supporting them. They'll yeah. notice it because they, they look before, when they get an email, they go, oh, is any, you know, they'll, yeah. it makes massive difference. Then it, instead of it's just a cold spammy press release. And what, what, do you, what do you think about using the hashtag journal request? I think it's really brilliant and it's helped me score like massive national um, coverage. The thing mm. about it is that you've got to realize there's nuances to it. It's mm. so when there is something, nobody knows. Um, and this is where particularly when people are beginning to make a big mistake, you don't know what actually the journalist pitch is because the journalist will often put, I'm looking for blah, blah, blah. And so, when somebody is a beginner, they go, oh, I've got, I could definitely help. I've written a book about this. I've got business on this, blah, blah, blah. You don't know because they're not going to reveal it publicly on Twitter because obviously everybody can see it. So you need to like look in their Twitter handle and, and see if there's an envelope so that you can send them a direct message. If you can't, you've got to politely say something like, I typically write, I might be able to help you. What's the best way to contact you? Don't put email me at Carrie at the Blumpreneur because that's that's that knocks you off balance because that makes yeah, yeah. you sound entitled. It makes yeah. you sound like it's all you, 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 and it's not, it's how you can help them. So yeah. those are like massive mistakes. The journal request, um, you need to act fast, but you need to be as polite as you can possibly be. Yeah. Otherwise don't do it. Cause it's like, you're competing against hundreds of people who are trying to go for that. So the polite, the most polite person wins again and again and again. And even if it's late, so if they, a lot of journal, journal requests come around 24-7. In the UK, they used to happen between 9 and 11. Now they happen between 8 and 10. But then there's some throughout the day as news stories break. And I say to people, get in as fast as you can. But don't worry if it's too late. Because if it's too late, the journalist often just takes your details and adds you to a list anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing how I've done that with clients. And then they've come back to me going, oh, do you remember when? And I've been like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just being polite and kind and empathetic for me is the way that's, that's how my whole soft PR approach. That's my approach to PR. That's how I do it. It's kind of, but just don't be impatient or needy or pushy. Just be really, so it can really work if you do that in my mind. Cause, um, so how much, how much time do you, would you, would you advocate somebody spends, you know, obviously every VAs mm. in particular, they're, they're busy people. They're working for lots of their own clients yeah so um they haven't got time to be on twitter all day even if their phone is there and twitter pings for them yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of us will turn our notifications off when we're trying to focus as well because there's nothing more distracting than your phone yeah exactly my, i forgot to put mine on silent and it just binged at me so <laughs> i'm sure we've all done that um so, so kind of how much time do you think a normal person that's not doing this for a living would spend doing this sort of thing? 
for me, I would get into a habit of half an hour in the morning. And in that time, you could, um, you could track, you could look at the trends, you could track key people that you've been watching with like a Twitter list. Um, and you can just start to build relationships with key people. I would say half an hour maximum and just send, you know, cause I know a lot of you, I'm sure a lot of the VAs in, in your listenership are, and your community are broadcasting their scheduling tweets. I mean, that's great, but the magic happens when you're live. Yes. So just do, just say five, even if, half an hour to you, it should do 50 minutes a day in the morning. I'm just going to do or in the evening or at whatever time. I mean, I'd say ideally at the morning because that's when all the journalists are like, yeah. Oh, I want that. Um, and I would, yeah, I would just do that. I would just say five to 10 tweets, ideally, because a lot of the time you could just look, can't you? You could just follow what's happening. And, re you know, um, there's a thing called bookmarking now. I don't know if you both do that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. that's really I've good to sort of yeah. keep doing bookmarking just to kind of save it for later because that's, you know, the tweets are typically the most up-to-date thing that's happening right now in whatever you're, 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 yeah. you're interested in. So bookmarking is a good way. So sometimes if I'm short on time, I'm just bookmarking, basically. I'm literally bookmarking, um, liking, retweeting if I'm really short on time. But if I have a bit more time, which I know I'm spending more time than most people, but I'm building relationships, so I'm chatting yeah. to people. So don't forget to socialise and chat with these yeah. key people. Yeah. yeah that's 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 really cool advice and and you talked there about scheduling so everybody's got their own favorite scheduling tool i'm sure i mean in my time i've used TweetDeck, i've used hootsuite um i now use something else but um what would you um recommend when you're wanting to follow what's going on because it's actually quite hard to see that on twitter itself if you've got lists of people to follow mm. it all in one place so, so how would you do that, Carrie? So I would, um, I would do the notifications. If you, I, I, I mean, I know it would drive you bonkers with all the notifications. I know on your phone, you could put it on yeah. silent, but the, the fastest way, the most lab, less labor intensive way to do it is to note, to, go, to have key people on notifications on your yeah. um, Twitter account, which is just like the, uh, it's like a bell, isn't it? In yeah. the person's Twitter account. I find that is a quicker, much quicker than looking at Twitter lists. Um, yeah. And I get a snapshot because sometimes, and then I just click on it, I can bookmark and it takes seconds. Um, that's what I tend to do. That's my kind of strategy, really. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's a good idea. I, I'm going to give that a go. I definitely <laughs> going to give that a go. I'm going to get a bit more active on Twitter. I've got two Twitter accounts. I'm greedy. <laughs> oh, well, why not? Well, you, you, please tag me as well. Anytime it's, I will. Yeah, no, and when I started out, I just was Shelley Fischel. I said, I'm at Shelley Fischel. And then when I set up Tomorrow's VA, I decided Tomorrow's VA needed its own Twitter account. So I have at Tomorrow's VA as well. Um, but Shelley Fischel has more followers than Tomorrow's VA, although Tomorrow's VA is growing. So that's quite nice. Um, but yeah. So if you have more than one account, um, because maybe you do have a personal account, a business account, you know, you want to have two different personas what kind of strategy would you follow with that would you be tweeting the same stuff or different i mean if if somebody asked me bluntly what would you recommend i would just be like put it in one <laughs> because now more than anything business is human business is personal and so your biggest strength to stand out as a 
as a as a virtual assistant or any small business is to show your humanity yeah. and so you you know um you, you've got the ability you, have, you are the legal department the marketing department everything so you your humanity and your personality is your biggest way of gaining people's attention capturing their hearts and minds um you know i would put it into one but i would just keep the thing right now is that it's about empathy. It's about soft skills. It's about showing you're not perfect, showing your flawed sense of your humanity. Cause that the relatability, the approachability, you know, um, you know, I might be good at organizing people, but I'm terrible at baking or, you know, really playful yeah. things like that. Like I really planning to go to yoga. I've got my kit on, haven't left yet. I'm still scheduling, whatever it is, just kind yeah. of being playful, human, revealing the flawed side of, of of you as a VA will just pull more people in because I think some people can think you're quite intimidating or formidable you're like because you've got skills that they really need and want and need, you know they're like oh I really need someone to do this I'm a bit scared so it 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 makes you more human doesn't it that's yeah. the kind of thing I would yeah you've got anything to ask Joe? No, that was you asked the, the 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 question that was on my mind because I've been toying with having a second account, you know, it, for work and and personal. But um, yeah, that that totally makes sense to me, you know. Um, and also, I suppose it, it it's a way of getting your business um, um, PR as well as yourself because obviously in, in your little bio you'll be talking about. I'm a VA, I specialize in and, and all that kind of stuff and a link to your website. So again, it's that great backlink for SEO and that kind of stuff. So very useful. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's good. Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure our VAs have learned a lot, but I've got one other question. I mean, we've only talked about Twitter, um, but what else can you use for PR purposes? Um, or is it, uh, you know, uh, uh, do you use any of the other platforms that mm. you focused on Twitter only? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I suppose I am, I do focus on Twitter because I like the instantaneous aspects of it. And then, you know, the media are mostly on there. I would say yeah. that it is shifting a little bit, but not massively. I mean, the media are all on LinkedIn, but they hate most of the time. They hate it. If you contact them on LinkedIn, they can't stop it. Um, Instagram, they're a bit better, particularly the younger millennial types. There's quite a few of them on Instagram, but um, they still, and they do join a request on Instagram. It's sort of growing, but it's no, it's like probably about five to 10%. Mm. Then you've got, um, yeah, then you've got, you have got, no, it's probably about 5% and it's 5% Facebook. You've got quite a lot of journalists who are on Facebook, but it's, it's, it's usually for me, it's only like specific things like for yeah. the Daily Mail or features and things like that. Um, it's not necessarily for like radio interviews or TV or niche publications. That's really mm. interesting. So Twitter is where it's at. Yeah, I, I think, you know. If what about um, the new kids on the block like TikTok? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I think that I don't know if that generation are actually interested in the media, really, are they? Because they are their own media. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they are exactly. They've got their own. You know, that's enough, isn't it? The TikTok and the YouTubers. That's a completely. Although I did, I remember listening. Was it last year, or the year before, to this guy who'd who'd done viral videos on YouTube, and now, and he was like in his early twenties, and now he was desperate to get on TV, and he had to change his strategy, <laughs> and he got like millions of views.
views on his video, but it wasn't enough. We wanted to get on TV. And to get on TV, you had to change your strategy. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. We all want what we haven't wow. got. You know? Yeah. No, that's amazing. Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm oh, sure that um, we all learned lots. And I'm sure we're going to see more VAs out there on Twitter now, tweeting away and tagging us all. So uh, you can tag me. I'm at Shelley Fischel. Um, I'll just stick with the one. And you're Joe, you're at Joe Brianti. At J Brianti, I think I And Carrie, what are you on Twitter? So I'm at Blondepreneur, so it's blonde with an E, so <laughs> just because it was fun. B-L-O-N-D-E and then P-R-E-N-E-U-R. Brilliant. Then, please tag me and follow me and ask me any questions, you know. I'm I you know, I do socialise on there. And somebody one of my friends, Gabrielle, um, I can't think of a surname, but we talk, we've been talking for years and we were saying how people do social media, but they don't socialize on it. Yes. And that's where the gold is. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. Just socialize. Yeah. Even if it's five minutes a day, socialize a bit because it works amazingly well. It's, yeah. it's golden. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We, the social from social media has disappeared because we're treating it much more as broadcast um, yeah. rather than social. So I think that's a huge learning point. So VAs if out there, if you're listening, um, get social. Let's get talking. And yeah, get talking. See if we can help each other too. Exactly. And the, the, the final point I've just remembered is that you could be sociable on a tweet up, couldn't you? That's yes. a good way, it, whether it's in your local community or it's on a particular subject like success hour or things like that. That's a wonderful way for people to get to know mompreneurs. There's loads to get to know. I do Twitter smarter quite often. That was my first tweet up with Madeline Scalar, who's like my Twitter mentor. She's amazing. But it's so, yeah, a tweet up is a good way to do that. I mean, it's an hour, but I mean, it's yeah. really yeah, good. If you've, if you've decided that's what you're going to do and you've scheduled it, then it's exactly. like any other job that you're doing for your business. So, uh, so yeah, it might be an hour, but it's an hour's marketing PR investment. So, yeah, yeah definitely worth definitely. it. Okay, so thank you again, Carrie. It's been absolute pleasure, lots of fun. And, uh, and thanks very much. Thank you for inviting me. It was wonderful. Thanks, ladies. Okay. Well, Joe, that was just breathtaking with Carrie, wasn't it? Yeah, she's such a fun person, full of energy and such great tips for us all. Yeah, and uh, I, I loved um, the fact that she she's the blondepreneur and she's really made a thing about being blonde and having a yep. blonde moment. And, and yep. uh, if you follow her on LinkedIn, by the way, she does some fantastic posts on LinkedIn all about the blondepreneur journey, which is great. Uh, uh, very engaging and funny as well. And uh, I'm, I'm in a different community with Carrie. Uh, I've known her for a few years now. <laughs> she's just a scream. And, uh, and it was just such a fun energy. And, and there was a lot of tips in there, weren't there, Joe? What stood out for you? Brilliant. Um, and I, I'm a Twitter lover, as I said, but a couple of things that, that really sort of stuck out is, um, is returning to your client, client avatar or your person profile um, and how you can engage with people using Twitter. So when you are sharing content, tag in the type of um, magazines that your target client might be reading or following, um, using the app mention, um, and Carrie mentioned that Red Magazine, so at Red Magazine, or, or whatever their profile is, and also things like using journal requests so that you can tag in a, a journalist. Um, also, it's quite interesting to 
hear Carrie talk about using and expressing your opinions. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, previously people might have said, no, no, don't, don't express your opinions too much. Um, so I, that was a really interesting takeaway, I felt. What, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I think that last point is important because I think it's like any other social media. It's the social bit, isn't it? Mm, and yeah. it's the engaging with your possible clients or your friends or whoever it is that you engage with and showing your personality. Um, because if you don't show your personality, how are you going to build the no like trust element to work yeah. with someone? So, you know, for me, it was the, the social aspect that stood out. But that leads me into Twitter being such an immediate tool. It's yeah. one of those things. I mean, I've been on Twitter, oh, I think 2007, if I remember rightly. Uh, I set up Shelley Fischel. I'm at Shelley Fischel on Twitter. Uh, I... When I set up Tomorrow's VA, I also set up at Tomorrow's VA, but my main account is, is, is in my name. And um, I remember having some training with a, a brilliant Mark Shaw. He was one of the first people that was teaching other people how to get the best out of Twitter. And uh, sadly, I don't really use it as well as I could. Um, I'm not going to use the should word because... Yeah. You can't be everywhere all the time. And I think the thing about Twitter for me is the immediacy and the engagement. And I'll often look on my phone and see that I've had likes and notifications uh, at, or, and somebody's responded to something. And I do make an effort to go and respond to that. So if somebody's liked, I might say thanks for liking. If they've shared, I'll thank them for sharing. Um, so I put out recently a question uh, actually, it went via Facebook and went to Twitter. Um, are you a VA who supports trainers? Uh, let me know because I want to do some market research. So I needed to know if there was a seg segment of VAs. And I got a couple of responses via Twitter uh, rather than via Facebook, which I thought was really interesting too. Um, so, yeah. So do you schedule to Twitter, Joe, or do you do everything immediately on the fly? I, I have a blend. Uh, my personal preference is Buffer, and I use that for scheduled posts. Um, but I also like the immediacy, as you say, uh, of Twitter. Over the years, I've experimented with quite a few different tools, um, but Buffer suits my needs. It's simple, it's clear, um, and it, it just I, I just like the way I can ping, 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 you know uh, and away it goes what are you using to, to schedule okay so at the moment i'm using promo republic which i've right. talked about in a previous uh, episode uh, together with my va zeta um, who helps me with my social media so the fact that we used promo republic means that we can schedule across all the social media platforms mm -hmm. so i can schedule there to, to both my twitter accounts to Instagram, to Pinterest, and to LinkedIn. Facebook, we schedule and use Facebook itself. But we can do all, we could schedule to Facebook from there as well if we wanted to. It connects me to all my accounts. But I do have the Twitter, before that, I used, I used Hootsuite. I mm. used to pay for Hootsuite, and I would load up a month's worth of tweets or half a, you know, a couple of weeks worth of tweets at a time uh, with links and everything. But I, to be quite honest, I found that quite time consuming to do, um, to set up 
um, which is why I work with somebody else and get them to do a lot of it for me, which is great. And, uh, but I do have Twitter on my phone and I do respond. So if you, if you message me or like me or share something, I'll respond to you uh, as well. And um, yeah, so that's what I do at the moment. I use Promo Republic and the app on my phone most of the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all about, as with all of these things, experimenting, use the free trial and test the ones that work for you and not to feel that you have to have one that does all platforms because for your business for your target market for your target client you may only need to be on one or two platforms yeah so you may need a tool that just schedules to instagram or just to linkedin or just to twitter Um, and there are so many of them out there that offer a lot of different um, yeah, options yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, there, there's new ones coming out all the time. In fact, I've been approached uh, via a connection uh, to look at something called, I think it's called Social Boo. Um, and uh, it's a subscription product, but it does a heck of a lot more than just scheduling. It also does a lot of analytics and a lot of listening in to what people are saying about you. So I'm looking forward to investigating that and hopefully maybe running a joint webinar with them. Um, so that we can see it in action but that's that's really at the starting stages now but uh, yeah i mean yeah i think i think what you just said there joe is really crucial in that you need to focus on where your clients are so if you're a va who is supporting a particular segment of type of business then you need to listen out and, and watch the different channels and find out where they hang out. And that's where you need to focus your, your interest. So I'm an IT trainer and my current target market are virtual assistants, personal assistants, executive assistants, and they hang out all over the place, which is why I am also all over the place. Yeah. Um, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're on Pinterest, they're, they're everywhere. So I also am everywhere. But it does sometimes become overwhelming um, to think of content because you want to have different content in different places as well. So yeah. every so often I sit down and I think, well, which one should I leave aside? And then I end up saying I can't really leave any of them aside. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that's, that's, uh, that's something for another day. But that's just been a fascinating episode today with Carrie. And I Absolutely. hope listeners that you have taken away some insights about PR and how to get yourselves some positive PR because PR is very important um goes hand in hand with marketing it's a different kind of marketing it's it's a softer approach and and i think it's an important one and and good pr is excellent to to get hold of and carrie's an expert at that actually i i know some of her clients who've had amazing results from her efforts of, of getting them seen So I hope you've all taken something away from that. So just as ever, you can get in touch with us in the usual ways. I'm Shirley at tomorrowsva.com. Joe is joe at jlbsupportsolutions.co.uk. You've got the web page, uh, the Facebook page at Virtually Amazing. 
you can contact both of us via our own website and do take a look at my course directory to see what kinds of courses are there to support you with different things. Uh, from a social media point of view, I have a couple of PowerPoint courses that will help you create those social media posts. But there's no obligation, feel free to ignore my advice and do exactly what you were doing before. So until next time, see you soon. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.